Cavens group on a Thursday. I don't know why I look around. It's like I always, I mean, I'm always here on a Thursday. You think I would have that figured out. But uh, welcome into Cavens group. 405-573-3048. They are now an emergency response environmental group. Basically, fire response, water losses, model uh, mold remediation, crime scene, and emergency board up, emergency water extractions. They've got you covered at Cavens. You ready for the top five stories of the day? Born ready. Here Gosh, we go. It's already 11 o'clock. Here we go. Let's do it. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Newcastle Casino, located off exit 107, I-44. Uh, 14 table games. Newcastlecasino.com. You name it, they've got you covered. Great deals, too, at Newcastle Casino. All right, let's go. Big story number five. Number five. Do you have much of a take on the trade of Damian Lillard to the Bucks? Are you bringing in scorching hot takes like this is the end of player empowerment, Josh? Uh, No, I don't have that type of uh, hot take for you. But I do think, uh, I mean, obviously – you got to do what you can, right, to keep Giannis Antetokounmpo happy and to go put him in a position throughout his prime to, to win championship rings. And uh, for Damian Lillard, for him, you know, if it's not Miami, could he have asked for a better setup than this? I mean, this is pretty no. good for him. No, not at all. Uh, I've got all these talking heads on it. Do you care? Do you want to hear what Brian Windhorse has to say about sure. the deal? why not? All right. Here is what uh, Wendy said this morning on get up about that how that trade came together Brian I mean, it's, it's a big picture for these teams yeah it's a great a blockbuster you have a hall of fame player top 75 player dame lillard being traded for a guy who i think is going to be a hall of famer in drew holiday very rarely do we see something like that i do think it's a net positive for the bucks but maybe not the way those odds reflect they were a number 15 offensive team last year. You get Dame Lillard, you're going to be a top five, maybe top three offensive team. That's an incredible pairing to think about, Giannis and Dame playing together. However, Dame is not a strong defender. They've just traded away one of the best defenders in the league. They were a top five defensive team last year. They're not going to be this year under this alignment. Maybe they're 10% better, Greeny, in terms of this title chase. Maybe 5%. I don't know. The real question is, What does it mean for Giannis? Giannis made it clear he was not going to sign an extension with his team. He wanted to see them go all in. They have gone all in. But if he still doesn't sign an extension, they're still on the one-year window. If If he's smiling and happy but not holding a pen next week, they're still under the same pressure, which is if they don't win the title this year, I don't know if he's going to want to stay. So absolutely Milwaukee reacted to what Giannis said. In fact, it's kind of a playbook for star players. Press your team because they'll do big stuff like this. Yeah, I don't think that's the end of the player empowerment era, Dan Levitard. <laughs> I think I think a twofold is kind of the magnification of it. Giannis said, yeah, guys, we got to get better. Though I would push back. Drew Holiday, a Hall of Famer? 
Yeah, I don't know about that either. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm, I'm kind of with you. So, Levitard's trying to sell that uh, the player empowerment era's over because he didn't wind up in Miami? That's right. Correct. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, still, he didn't get exactly what he wanted, but he got what he wanted. <laughs> By the way, I had to laugh. I pulled up the Kinnipamire Chevrolet text line, and one of the first texts was for the 918. Not sure who this Kelly is, but I think I'm in love. <laughs> <laughs> she she hit it on the head. Awesome call. <laughs> With the just kidding, of course. But yeah, just right, right, exactly. Vinny Paul Riley's indictment at OU was they never recruited guys with exceptional talent. Four threes, long, athletic, powerful kids with freakish abilities, and will teach you to football. Never materialized. And then there was this. It was that he did play for a conference championship last year against Utah. Well, there's a difference in playing for it and winning it, I think, is one way to put it. So, yes, that is fair. That is fair. I think she just meant to say win it. But they were in the Pac-12 title game last year and got smoked. And, by the way, off big story number five, Scary Gary writes Celtics in five. Sorry, I just had to get caught up on the text line. All right, uh, here we go. Big story number four. Number four. This was part of some breaking news today, Josh Helmer, where it looks like the USFL and the XFL is merging. The good news about this is that it means probably better football for us during the spring. So we'll see how it we'll see how it plays out. Right? There's a lot there's still a long way to go. They've got I think a couple hurdles to clear. I wonder if the rock still gets even richer from this merger or if anyone gets rich at all if basically they got together and said y'all we're only going to survive if we come together as as one league but that's good news it's good news you've got the usfl and the xfl coming together for one league i wonder how coach stoops feels about this right that'll be yeah interesting to hear i i mean i would imagine positive it strengthens the league it makes yes uh, you know everything coming together makes the the product better so i would think that everybody feels good about it mm-hmm. all right let's get to the nfl tonight big story number three number three number three detroit green bay which are you you got a lean right now on yeah, this one yeah i, I like uh detroit I, I like detroit not by you know a ton or this or that i mean i not gonna be surprised if the packers win at home but uh, i i do think detroit's a little bit better the I think it was the Action Network who had the link posted, but it's the first time. Yeah, here it is. It's the first time the Lions have been a favorite in Green Bay since 1986. That's awesome, man. And they're probably okay. So now you've convinced me they're definitely going to lose. Last time the Lions were favorites in Green Bay versus starting quarterback. What? what does that even mean? It means nothing. It means gibberish, blank. I always like how they lay out things. Like, for instance, gas was 39 cents a gallon. Yeah, no no, no bleep. You trying to tell me that 37 years ago gas was cheaper? Whoa, let me guess. Milk was like 50 cents. Yes, it was a long time ago. We get it, Action Network. We get it. If you think that's crazy, you won't believe what the price of a carton of eggs was. And yet still. That tweet's done more numbers than all of my second down research. People like Oklahoma people like it was cheaper content. <laughs> all right, so we're on the NFL. Let me get you caught up on a couple of other things here from the National Football League. Beyond just the fact that you have Thursday night football tonight, the um, have you caught what's going on between the 
Patriots and the Cowboys. Now, I don't know if you guys caught this last week. Spoiler alert, the Cowboys lost at home. All right, lost on the road, pardon me. The Cowboys lost on the road to the Arizona Cardinals, which should be a shock in itself that the Cowboys lost the Arizona Cardinals. They return home this weekend to take on the Patriots. The Patriots' starting running back is Ezekiel Elliott. By the way, Mike McCarthy was asked, "Eh, what do you think Ezekiel Elliott's impact could be on this game and the game planning for New England? He's always going to be loved here, Um, and I I think he'll, you know, his love – you know, the love that he had in, still today in the locker room is, is tremendous. I mean, it's probably um, in my time, our, you know, our time together was clearly probably one of the most popular players. I mean, he's, a, he's a tremendous teammate, uh, and he still is. I mean, um, his name usually comes up once a week, so great guy. That's pretty, that's pretty high praise, right? Micah Parsons? I feel like Zeke's coming for me because I remember he used to tell me, he's like, Lucky I'm not out there. You know, I really, I really get you. So you know, if there's ever a matchup, I'm I'm gonna look forward to it for sure. And you know, Zeke, everything's gonna be funny to him. So, um, you know, we kind of we miss his presence, his his joy he brings to the locker room. So um, it's gonna be fun. You know, going against him and having fun. All right, and then there is, you know, well, I mean, obviously we've got through all that, Josh. So you you do want to hear what Ezekiel Elliott has to say about playing the Cowboys. I'm very appreciative for the time, you know, I spent in Dallas, you know. I'm very thankful for, you know, Mr. Jones and the Jones family, you know, drafting me and giving me an opportunity. But, you know, once again, I'm, you know, I'm focused on going and getting the win. You know, it's, it's maybe kind of been lost a little bit, but he's been a nice complimentary back. Ramondre Stevenson has been their bell cow. You know that New England hasn't always been a one-tailback kind of a team. Not big numbers, but he's averaging four four and a half yards per carry. Um, not bad. Not bad. It, you feel like he's he's found himself a nice little spot in New England for a year, and I guess that'll be a storyline. The other, the other, I guess, NFL note from this weekend, I don't know if you know this or not, Josh, but Aaron Rodgers is injured and is missing the season, and now everyone thinks there's all kinds of problems in the Jets' locker room because Robert Sala continues to stick with Zach Wilson. Here's what the Jets coach said about locker room friction. Noise is noise. Shoot, it's uh, it's part of it. It's like a double-edged sword. It's part of why this game is so great. Is that just so much attention, whether it's positive or negative. But uh, I, I've said it before. We've got a great locker room. Locker room is uh, they're they're locked in. Is there frustration? Of course, there is. There's, anytime you lose two in a row, there's going to be frustration. It's it's the NFL. Just when when you lose, it feels like the world's caving in. When you win, everyone puts you on a pedestal. He's got coach speak down, doesn't he? Yeah, he's he's doing great. So, would you like to see Tim Boyle? <laughs> Are you ready for Trevor Simeon? I mean, that's the thing. Everyone's losing their mind. I mean, usually my my experience, Josh, is that when players lose confidence in coaches, is when either a they think the game plan stinks, or b the coach continues to play a guy even though he's getting outplayed in practice. So, is. Tim Boyle or I, I guess Trevor Simeon just showed up. Are they out playing Zach Wilson in practice? I mean, it, you don't have a lot of options here. I mean, no. What can Robert Sala do? No, I mean, and it is what it is. You, you got dealt uh, 
and and you could say maybe you made a little bit of your own luck by trading for an aged star, but, you know, really – the age, okay, maybe it played into the, the Achilles injury for Aaron Rodgers, but you got Delta, a, a bad hand of bad luck here, and it's just going to be uphill the rest of the way. I mean, it's just – what do you want from the guy? I mean, they're going to lose to the Chiefs this week. They're not just going to lose. That thing could get ugly. Uh, and since we were talking about the Cowboys and the Patriots, let's quickly jump back to the Cowboys. Jerry Jones was asked if red zone concerns are an issue – or at least something that's keeping him up at night? I think the thing that we need to zero in on is uh, when we get that ball down in there close, we've got to get touchdowns, and that's probably uh, across the board over these last three ball games. So uh, we've got a long time to go in this season. We've got a lot of room to uh, really adjust and correct these things while it is uh, something to know it's not a long-range concern so that's sunday patriots cowboys in dallas and of course tonight you get the eagles and the lions uh, I'll, I'll spare you travis kels on taylor swift but just for today because we're up against it big story number two number two you are uh, tulsa in action tonight the golden hurricane at home don't forget over at 11th and Harvard in T-Town, they're going to have a uh, an open practice. Did I see that right? They got basketball practices already. Um, that's got to that be. Time. It's that that's got to be. That's got to be incorrect. There is no way, Josh, that we're having practices already. That is correct. Oh my! We're gosh. hooping, baby. Let's go. Tulsa in action tonight as they take on. Tulane. That is a 6.30 start in a game that is not on ESPN2. I apologize. That game is actually at straight up uh, a straight up ESPN with a 6.30 kick. Look out, Tulsa. Temple. Take that, Temple. Tulsa beat Northern Illinois last week. Kevin Wilson looking to develop what I believe the kids would call, Josh, a streak. That would be a winning streak for TU. Um, Also tonight, it's not just TU and Temple, but Sam Houston State, I don't think they say State anymore. I think it's just Sam Houston. Takes on Jacksonville State, and then Western Kentucky gets Middle Tennessee. 6.30 start for Middle Tennessee, Western Kentucky on CBS Sports Network. 6.30 for Tulsa and Temple at Chapman Stadium. That'll be on ESPN, and then ESPN you'll have Jackson State uh, and Sam Houston. And then do tomorrow, there are five, there's four football games tomorrow night, and three of the four are really good. You've got both Louisville and North Carolina State undefeated in the ACC squaring off. Utah's at Oregon State. Oregon State coming off that tough loss to Wazoo last week. And then the late game at 9-15 in what I think is going to be a Big 12 staple for years to come. BYU playing Cincinnati. Is it important, OU fans, for your confidence meter for Cincinnati to take care of BYU on Friday night, Josh? I think as long as they, you know, play well, you're probably feeling okay about it. Uh, But, yeah, yeah, you'd feel better if they beat them, sure. Sure. Uh, Meanwhile, I have one other college. Are we okay on time here? Yeah, we're good. You can stretch the legs, my friend. Look at me. Why don't you stretch, spread them legs out a little bit. Um, it is official. 
Mel Tucker has been fired at Michigan State. For cause. But but now Josh becomes the I'm not a candidate for the Michigan State job season. Uh, Chris Kleiman said yesterday that he will be sticking in Manhattan and will not be a candidate for the job. His name had surfaced as a potential candidate after he led Kansas State to a Big 12 championship last season. Eight-year, $44 million contract for Chris Kleiman. Um, I brought up the fact that Marcus Freeman's name has been tied to, to Michigan State. That didn't seem to make too much sense to me, but you brought it up. Notre Dame can sometimes be a tough place to recruit to. It can, and yet, I mean, I, he's doing a good job, right? R- sure. Recruiting to uh, Notre Dame, it seems like, from the outside. I, You know, just see them uh, toward the top of the recruiting rankings the last couple of years. But, uh, you know, Michigan State, uh, the money angle to it, though, you know, you pretty well compensated at Notre Dame. The Big Ten factor, I guess. I don't know. That would be shocking to me. I, I don't see that happening. Yeah. To, uh, to go be Michigan's little brother, I, I just, I don't yeah, know, man. I don't think so either. I think Michigan State would be smart to call Lawrence. I think Lance Leipold would be really, really good at Michigan State. Yep, would be a great hire. Really good. Not that splash and sizzle that some people need, but I think that would be a good hire. And, by the way, Connor Wegman's foot injury, they thought it was going to be minor, but it's more serious than anticipated, and he will miss the rest of the season. Had a broken bone in his foot, and the Aggies went over Auburn on Saturday. But after being listed as day-to-day, further testing showed the injury is a fracture, and he will need to pass a uh, – he will need to rest to allow it to heal and then likely will have surgery. Mm, not good. Had had a great start to the season. Max Johnson will take over at quarterback, which, of course, gets us to big story number one. Number, number, one. number one. Number one. Number one. Well, you can see what we're up against. <laughs> Every so often, the computer just decides it doesn't like the Plank Show. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Every so <laughs> often. Sorry. Number one. Number one. Big story number one. Um, Oklahoma and Iowa State, Saturday night, 6 o'clock. I have not seen any team-sourced notes are any more updates on the status of Jaron Kanick, but I feel like I get asked a lot about it. I think I based on what based on what coach said Monday night and then in his presser Tuesday, Josh, I fully expect to see seven out there running around on Saturday. We we expect it, right? Uh, right. Sh- should be should be healthy according to what we've heard and obviously should be healthy it uh i mean that's a scary deal but uh sounds like yes it's you know practicing this week and we we hope yeah right back to it right back uh but as far as other injuries are concerned i you know we, we were talking about wanting to get atabare the uh, pj atabare eddie Bowerway. um more reps i i would like to see our mason thomas a little bit more i know he's been battling through it did you notice low-key injury wise who got a few snaps on saturday against cincinnati josh it was what i believe to be the season debut of josiah wagner 
who checked in mm-hmm. at corner. So just uh, seeing that depth continue to be flexed across the defense. But as it stands right now, most of the concerns is centered around Jared Canick, and it looks like looks like he's progressing well. But let's hear from Emma Jones and Brandon Hall when we come back as we count down to Oklahoma and Iowa State. Plus, a great day on the text line is next right here on The Ref. That's a good point. Josh, how is the birthday celebration going for Toby Rowland right now? You act like uh, I've been a part oh, of the like birthday celebration. Yeah, I don't true. know how it's going. It seems to be what going grub, on. What food did they bring? Have you been able to see? Um, No, I, I don't oh. know what it is. All right. See, that's commitment to the show. That's commitment to the show. Not many people, whenever there was a, a celebration or a meal being served in the room next to you, would have the patience to wait until after the program is over. I do a radio show with somebody every single day uh, in the afternoon, Josh, that when there's 15 minutes to go in the show, they suddenly start eating. I'm like, we are off the air in 15 minutes. <laughs> Can you not wait 15? And the answer, Can, of course, is no. Is no. Can you not? I mean, we're, we're off the air. If it's even 30 minutes, like it's 30 minutes. You're not going to die of starvation. <laughs> Your diet's not ruined. Wait, I don't want to hear. I mean, it's like an AMSR thing, and I can't stand that more than anything. Yeah, that is uh, very uncomfortable. Happy birthday, Toby. All right, to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, Dallas Bill writes, Is it fair for the fans to hate on Stogner? Are we comparing him to Willis in last year's performance? Tight ends don't get praised for their blocking, just their receptions. I, I think... Here's the problem that I would, as I would present it to you, Josh, and you tell me if you disagree. Okay. Yes. Braden Willis had a fantastic season last year. Fantastic season. Daniel Parker was also there. So you had a second guy that helped you in your two tight. In in Jeff Levy's system, they like to run a lot of uh, two tight end personnel. But I don't. I don't feel like there's a lot of help for Stogner this year. And I don't necessarily know how good his blocking has been. So, yeah, I think part of it is you had a guy in Braden Willis that infinitely improved his overall stock based on how he played last year. But then you also add to it, and this isn't like trying to build up Daniel Parker by any stretch of the imagination, but, Josh, there's just not a lot of help there right now. I mean – the Cade McIntyre, okay, he looked pretty good, but he had the he had the injury. So we'll see if, if he's going to be back this week and he wasn't there on Friday or Saturday. We're all kind of waiting for Jason Llewellyn, who uh, seems healthy, right? But maybe it's just not – maybe it's having – need some time for it to click and materialize for him. Blake Smith might be the second-best tight end on this team, if not the best yeah, right I'm, now. Right now I think he probably deserves the most snaps. So I just I think it's a it's a lot of issues. You know, before the season started, I think we brought this up this week. Uh, one of the coaches that I regularly talk to, that's not on the staff, said, you know, it's going to be a really big key to see what kind of player Austin Stogner is. That's you know two years away. That's two more years on the body. It's going to be it's going to be tough. So it just yeah. hasn't gone as we thought. And, and I don't know. Uh, I mean, look, the tight ends have not been very good for Oklahoma this season. And unfortunately, Stockner is uh, 
He's number one on the depth chart. That that was the guy yep. transferring back. That there were the expectations. Hey, this is going to be pretty seamless, and it and it hasn't been. So I don't know that it's. Uh, what was the phrasing that was texted into us? It's, is it fair to criticize? To, to criticize. Right. Well, yes, it's fair to yeah. criticize because it's Oklahoma football, and at Oklahoma football comes. It's uh, it's like Spider Man with great. Re- with great uh, power comes great responsibility, Ooh. and that's Oklahoma football. And uh, so, yeah, it's fair to criticize, but I don't think anybody's happy about it. It's not like people are dunking on Stogner or happy that it's played out this way. People like Austin Stogner, and he's dealt with injuries, and th- there's reasons that have kind of got us to this point. But, uh, I mean, it is what it is, right? Yeah, and by the way, I, I do want to apologize because when I first read 712 Sooners text, I thought for some reason he was going with seven and a half. I was like – Seven and a half. What, what what does that even mean? Seven and a half Sooners? Is he giving us just a half for a championship? Um, seven one two Sooner, which as I understand it, Western Iowa, west of the Rockies. Hello, Western Iowa. Right. Oops. Hold on. I just <laughs> I just did a total plank thing where I clicked a button and opened another website. He writes, it's hard to have five great receivers, a great tight end, and four great running backs. There simply aren't enough snaps ever, and even in this offense. Why would that stop you from having them 7-1-2 sooner? How dare you look at things logically? Uh, and, and then this is one more just on the tight end, Josh, and I'm going to count on you because I think the I think the 405 here in this text and I might be the same person. He writes, I'm definitely one that watches the ball on each play. So I, can, I can't honestly say that I've even seen much of Stogner's play. With that said, how is his blocking? Well, yeah. I think that's the biggest Attack point of contention. I would say, as somebody who does watch the ball a lot, but has two of the smartest former players analyzing it while on the air, and then going back and forth about things during the break, it would appear to me that that has been a bit of a challenge. I think it's fair to say. Um, enough on the tight end conversation. Enough, enough on that. Uh, here is one. Do you think PJ will get more playing time this season? His snaps have increased and he's getting better. I think we've received in some way, shape, or form, Josh, a version of that text every single day of this season so far. Yeah, I do. But I also think that R. Mason Thomas is a guy, when he gets back in, that is going to be a bolt of electricity on that defensive line. Right? Uh, who has who suffered the most? As far as snaps are concerned from the, I guess you could say, basically the explosion of, uh, of P.J., what, Trace Ford, Reggie Grimes, seeing them less and less. Yeah, I mean, Trace Ford had 10 snaps last week. I mean, he was there. So it's you're going to add another guy to that mix over the next few weeks. And I'll tell you what, they felt really, really good about the way that R. Mason Thomas had progressed. I mean, he... He got in the game against SMU trying to test what appears to be a groin injury. What appears to be. That's just my guess. I could be way wrong. But our hammy. And he got and he got a, a QB pressure. He got a QB hurry. 
So, I mean, this is a guy that when he's in that mix, too, I think can be a, a difference maker. And then one more before we break, because, again, th- this is there's been a version of this text or tweet that we've received at some point throughout this week. Is OU's running game problems more on the offensive line or the running backs? Josh, that kind of depends on who you ask, right? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be on the offensive line. Some would say, well, you breathe on Marcus Major, he falls down. There has, there has, there has to be, there has to be some ability to elude tacklers, to bounce off guys. You know, it's, and to me, I thought, I thought that was the greatest improvement Eric Gray showed from two, three years ago to last year. It's where he got better, and when there was contact, he either avoid or, or bounce off it. Yeah, I'd love that to hasn't see, been the case with Marcus, right? I'd love to see a split of missed tackles forced by Oklahoma running backs this season, as compared to Eric Gray from last season and uh, yards after contact, uh, because I. You know, this is eye test in the run game. You know, we've spent a lot of time talking about it. I would imagine both have come back the wrong direction for Oklahoma so far this season. Without oh, I, would, I would assume you're numbers. right. Yeah, I would assume you're right. I would assume you're 100% right. All right, uh, more text. Uh, don't forget our final thoughts are coming up, presented by Primrose Funeral Services. For now, we're hanging with you on a Thursday. Steel Man and Thune at noon coming up next, and we do have a high school football game for you tonight on KRefSports.tv as Southmore battles Bixby. We got you covered. More Sooner Talk coming up next, live from Cavens on a Thursday on The Ref. One one story that has been mentioned a couple of times this week, I uh, and I apologize for not getting to it, but the Mary Nutter Collegiate Classic schedule has been released. So this is a bit of a snapshot into the early schedule for Oklahoma. Now, I will say, nothing has been released from the university yet, but this is this is typically kind of that first, all right, here we go. This is uh, where we can catch Oklahoma. There is, there is no OU versus UCLA, nor is there an OU versus Nebraska game on this schedule. That's that's the for the fans, I would say that's the unfortunate side, right? Cuz you I think a lot of people wanted to see that, right? So the matchups are as follows. OU will play, well, I say that and I got to zoom this thing up. Um OU will play against Mississippi State. I feel like we're playing Mississippi State every freaking year now. Uh, Mississippi State on Friday at 7.30, and then they'll play Wisconsin at 10. I assume all these are specific time. So 7.30 against Mississippi State on that Friday night, then 10 o'clock against Wisconsin. They'll turn around on that Saturday and play San Diego State, and then a Sunday doubleheader. A rarity at the Mary Nutter Classic. Notre Dame and Oklahoma will play the early game, and then OU will play Loyola Marymount. Do much for you? 
I'm excited for it, sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what do you think's the best matchup out of all of those? Uh, it's, I mean, sitting here today, today, it's one of the, it's one of the less juicy schedules that Oklahoma has had. But I would imagine, I would imagine there was a lot of teams that are like, yeah, no, we're not, we're not playing Oklahoma. Yeah, and that's been a problem. That uh, well, I shouldn't say a problem. It's been a hurdle Oklahoma's right. tried to overcome in the past. So that would be February twenty second, twenty third, and twenty fourth. So by at least history, that would be the third week of the season. I I still haven't heard any rumors or rumblings, Josh. Yes, I'm doing a softball segment embrace it um i haven't heard any rumblings about what they want to do for the opening weekend at love's field joe c made it pretty clear a couple weeks ago right tulsa world had that exclusive where he uh, they expect to be done by the start of the season there were rumblings there were rumblings last year that they didn't think it was going to be possible to get in love's field until like the midpoint of the year and then and then you know, we got that rain that pushed everything back. Remember when it rained so much in, what was that, early June? It was crazy. But I would imagine there's a reason why you're not seeing UCLA on that schedule out there. It's just me. I would think that they're going to see each other. And remember, Oklahoma has historically opened up the season in Los Angeles. And they played UCLA in the past. I wonder if you might see that scene shift to San Diego this year. Just, just vamping here josh i've seen nothing of the schedule i am not cool enough to be privy if you've listened to this show with any regularity you know two things are very true number one uh i rarely get any insider information on the softball program that i'm that i'm going to share with you and number two just to be clear i rarely get any true insider information and even when you do get (laughs) i'm going pat well i'm going pat jones i know but i'm not going to tell you i'm not Listen, I'm not sitting here telling you that. All right, let me get a couple of text messages here real quick. Curtis B. writes, I just want the Sooners to win by 21, and let's have a great evening Saturday in Norman. The D is better. Iowa State doesn't scare me because Mule Shoe is not coaching. Brent is. So let's get ready for the Shorthorns. Go TU and Boomer Sooner. Curtis B. like the way you're thinking. Uh, 5808. I like Kansas this Saturday. In a perfect spot versus Texas. We'll see. 5808. I liked Baylor last week. <laughs> so, Josh, you thankfully, t- you and a couple of other people talked me out of that one. But was that more, did Baylor really bad this year? Hey, what did Teddy always say about Baylor? What did he say? Hey, let's wait and see what happens whenever. Joey McGuire's gone. Joey McGuire had been responsible for recruiting a lot of those studs they had. And now McGuire's off to Texas Tech. Baylor, they kind of stink. Well, can we talk about McGuire at Texas Tech? McGuire, Texas Tech, Josh. Kind of stinks. <laughs> right. Um, ooh, somebody's calling me from Jasper. Alabama. Whoa, hold on. Answer I don't that. know how that happened. Hey, we're doing a radio show. Get out wow, of here. Wow, how did that even happen? Um, Jasper, go ahead. You're on the air. Jasper, Alabama. Hello. <laughs> East of the Rockies. You're on. Uh, the take on Iowa State, writes the 918, ought to be pure dominance. 
We need to see that as the standard against any team considered inferior to ours. Completely I, agree. I think that is the challenge for BV. Keep the standard no matter who we are playing. You got the, like the look-ahead factor with Texas for next week. That's right. We need to see that this team can be present in the here and now. And, oh, by the way, an Iowa State team that we just don't think is very good. I, let, let's see it look like that. Um, and then one more here. Like Josh, I will admit, writes Frisco Sooner, sometimes I have a bad habit of comparing present-year teams with their success or lack thereof in previous years. Oh, I'm very guilty of that. Oh, dude, I'm so guilty of that, Frisco. I'm with you. Continues. With that being said, am I wrong or crazy for being really nervous about this game Saturday? I mean, to me, this is in classic Iowa State and Campbell's wheelhouse. Catch someone the week before a really big game, ugly the game up, create turnovers, bend, don't break, and find themselves close in the fourth quarter. Thoughts? Gosh, I hope not. <laughs> but it's true, right? Kind of classic Matt Campbell territory. Sure. I just don't see it, man. I, I just I don't think uh, they have the horses to make this thing competitive. So I guess my phone can ring through my MacBook. Huh. Things I learned during the show today, Josh. Very exciting. <laughs> Had no idea. All right, let's get a break. We'll come back with our final. I can't believe the show is over. I feel I don't know if we've accomplished anything today. Um, I, I, I know that we've been pumped to be out here at Cavens, but we'll see if we can't bring you a little bit of spice next right here on The Ref. I'm listening to as soon as I leave here. A little incubus. I have become everything I hate about a talk show host. You realize that, right? Incubus will fault. do that to you, man. Because we all have someone that digs at us. This is a... Um, uh... Very underrated album. Final thoughts, as always, brought to you by our good friends at Primrose Funeral Service. Think about prepaid memorial plans. It's not easy. It's not something you want to do. But you protect your loved ones from hard financial and emotional decisions at difficult times. PrimroseFuneralService.com. The headlines on the show today, I mean, breaking news-wise, Josh, haven't had too much. But we did have the XFL-USFL merger that is taking place. So that's good news. That's a good side. Uh, the bad side on all of it? Nah, I don't think there is any bad on the show today. I don't think we've had any bad news today. We have had this, though. Are you familiar with one Spencer Strider, pitcher for the Atlanta Braves? Uh, Yeah, Spencer okay. Strider. He was asked... Well, a very simple question. Let's see if you agree or disagree in our Primrose Funeral Services final thoughts. Absolutely, there should be no fans. 2020 season, no fans. Get rid of the fans. It's too loud. Too loud? It's too okay. loud. Everybody be quiet. We don't, we don't need the, the cheering. We know you're watching. I don't need the fans. Uh, you, you stay outside the stadium. I mean, back it up. Let's do like a no lower bowl thing. Oh, you know, okay. just kind of, yeah, yeah, upper deck's like great. Upper deck's great. Outfield, phenomenal. Well, we don't, we don't need you around the dugouts. Right. Just, just try and be quiet. <laughs> what, what is the genesis of this? He was asked, does he have any sports hot takes? So I thought the question was on the front of it. And I, and I guess. Wow. So he's, he's serious. Yeah, he's being serious. Oh, my God. Um, what is he, an he's, idiot? He is. 
<laughs> uh, at Foolish BB, Foolish Baseball, found a quote from Strider a while back where he said, yeah, it feels like everywhere you go there's a massive crowd. I generally am not a fan of the public as a whole. Now, again, you can take that one of two ways. You don't like people. Or some sort of social anxiety, right? But I don't know about you, Josh. If I'm getting set for the postseason and there is, you know, I, 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 I guess a chance that the Braves could find themselves playing, oh, ah, Philadelphia potentially in the, in, in the second round where they would have uh, the winner of the wild card game. Don't know if I want Philly fans out there losing their mind right behind the dugout on Strider. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So it's uh, Steven Strider for you. And then I have one more story Do, for you. Does he oh, understand how these guys get paid? <laughs> I don't know. I, there's a, everyone's like, oh, he's a prankster. But I'm like, well, you know, he said this a couple of times now. <laughs> if, at least he's being consistent with it. And then there, speaking of Philly, speaking of the Philadelphia Phillies, Last night, someone apparently found out that you are not allowed to bring alligators to Citizens Bank Ballpark. Yes, you're that right. An emotional support alligator. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Was denied access to the Phillies game last night. Rumors were circulating that the gator in question is Wally Gator, who is Internet famous. He has more followers on TikTok. Well, I don't have TikTok. He has more followers on Instagram than I do. 25,000 Instagram followers. Wow. 100,000 TikTok followers. And he is a licensed emotional support animal. And apparently he was going with someone. But the doctor approved the alligator as an emotional support animal, but whenever he showed up at the ballpark, the Phillies responded with, yeah, no, no, you're not bringing an alligator in here. (laughs) Society disapproved. An emotional support alligator? What are we even doing? Thanks to our buddy Gary Cavins for having us out. Cavins Emergency Response Group. Steelman's here for the next two hours to break it down with Parker Thune right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.